I'm Melissa Kishi, and I'm a senior vice president at Edison Research. And I do a lot of things at Edison, but the thing that is most relevant to what we're talking about today is that I lead the Edison Podcast Metrics subscription product, both in the US and now in the UK. Yes, and uh, the UK numbers came out uh, over the weekend. Um, what are you measuring in Edison Podcast Metrics uh, UK, and how do you compile that list? Sure. So what we are ultimately measuring is, in order to do our rankers, is the weekly reach among weekly podcast listeners. So each quarter, we are in the field every single day. We're interviewing at least 2,000 weekly podcast listeners each quarter. So that means about 20 or 30 listeners are participating in the study each day. Wow. And in the study itself, the main question that we're asking people is to list all of the podcasts that they've listened to in the past week. And it's an open-ended question. There's no insane drop-down menu that would be very cumbersome and certainly probably very biased if we had some sort of a drop-down menu. And the question itself, it's actually a multi-step question because we really want to make sure that people are considering all of the places that they're doing their listening. We don't want them to just consider what they might have on their phone. We want them to consider apps, websites, social media, YouTube, all of the possibilities for where they might be consuming podcasts. So it's not it's not just asking them um, what podcast you remember listening to last week. It's a bit more focused. It's a bit more focused, and we know that there you know there are still going to be some recency things here. The things that people listen to or, or enjoy the most, they may think of first, but they're given these instructions on how to actually access the listening histories in all of the places that they do do their listening, so that that reporting is really comprehensive, and that and they're considering sources that they may only access occasionally. Um, so that helps it to be pretty comprehensive and all inclusive. So why do you do it that way and not just um, talking to companies like, uh, you know, Triton, talking to companies and, and getting their log files and, and all that kind of stuff? Why, why do it as a survey? Well, we wanted comprehensiveness. We wanted this to be all inclusive. We didn't want any service or show or anything to be left out. As you know, Triton and PodTrack, the way they do their download listing or their download tracking is based on downloads. And it's an opt-in process. So only those companies that are interested in kind of paying to play are going to be listed in those rankers. Um, so we wanted the ability to put everybody on the same playing field and be able to rank all shows and then eventually all networks in the same space. So you um, put together the list and the top 25. Was there anything that surprised you about the shows that were in there? You know, I, I would say like after four years of putting out the U.S. Ranker, I think I was just most pleasantly surprised to see so much UK-grown content. You know, I think there was this, unfortunately, this Americanness in me that assumed that there would be a lot more in the top 25 <laughs> that would have been coming out of the U.S. And, of course, you see Joe Rogan at the top. There's a handful of other U.S. shows, The Daily, Stuff You Should Know, Impulsive. But really everything else is just like a testament to how unique British culture is. And then I think ultimately how it's going to impact the industry as a whole. Um, I really hope that the ranker encourages people outside the UK to actually check out some of these titles. And maybe we'll start to see some of these titles up on our list as well in the US. Yeah, I was I was curious as to whether or not you saw any differences between the types of shows that are in the top 25 in the US versus the types of shows that are in the UK. Absolutely. So Miranda points this out to some extent, 
But the UK top 25, it, it's just a wider range of subjects than we see in the US. Even with like a standalone series format, true crime is way more prevalent in the US charts. In fact, I don't think there are any true crime shows in the top 25 in the UK. Uh, and in the United States, six of the top 25 actually fall into that category. So you have wow. Crime Junkie, Dateline NBC, Morbid, Serial, My Favorite Murder, Mr. Ballin. Those are all true crime shows that make our top 25. And I know that there is certainly a push to bring some of these shows to a wider audience, to a more global audience. So perhaps that will change as we track things over the next couple of quarters. But for now, the the UK is much less into true crime than we are here in the US. Hooray. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a good thing. Being a, being a, a Brit, even though I don't, I don't always live uh, in the UK. Well, I don't live in the UK. Um, but I think um, uh, the, the other thing that um, occurred to me when I was looking down the list is that there's an awful lot more specialism, I think, in the UK mm-hmm. list. There are um, shows about personal finance. There are shows about science. There are, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a much more, I think the, U, the, the US top, top 25 there's an awful lot of um, of entertainment in there, I think. Entertainment and just general, a lot of kind of interview over that each show itself is quite different. Um, it's not, like you said, not as focused as you might see. Um, so yeah, uh, and certainly, I mean, we, we are starting to see some nostalgia type of podcasts on the US list. You look at something like um, office ladies, you know, that kind of rewatch style podcast is starting to appear a lot in our lists. So, yeah. So, um, you're not just putting this together for fun, um, this chart for fun, although it, it, it is great fun reading it. Um, I, I, I guess it's part mm-hmm. of the Edison podcast metrics product that you make available in the US. Are you making that available in the UK as well? Yes, absolutely. So I think that, you know, putting putting this in the Observer this weekend, it was our first chance in the UK, we didn't do this in the US, to really put it in the mainstream media and make podcasting more water cooler, you know, something that quarterly people would actually talk about what's in the top 25. We haven't really done that in the United States. The, the, the focus has really been for our clients, for our subscribers. Um, so yes, we will continue to have kind of this mainstream push out of the top 25, but then our subscribers, uh, it's it's available now. So in addition to being able to look at the podcast ranker, we're network rankers, subscribers have access to a lot of data in general on weekly podcast listeners. So, okay. so data like what, 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 yeah, what sort so, of thing? So the main question, obviously, is what they listened to in the past week. But we also ask a ton of demographic questions. We ask about their usage of media and technology, their podcast listening habits, what type of content they consume, and a bunch of sales targeting questions like, are you going to purchase a car in the next 12 months? So that allows shows that have a large enough sample to have really access to a full show profile so they can look at their show, all their listeners, and be able to look at the results of all of those questions, really extensive demographic information. Um, you know, in the United States, subscribers are using this data. They're tracking podcast listening quarter over quarter. It's a report card that they're sharing with internal stakeholders. How is podcasting doing? How are we doing? How are our competitors doing? Um, And then on top of that, subscribers, they have the ability to ask custom questions each quarter, which is really fun to see what they come up with to ask. I mean, Mm. we've certainly seen people ask about their specific shows or platforms. They might 
say, test the familiarity or the likability of new or current talent. But, you know, here in the UK, we have 2,000 weekly podcast listeners to talk to every quarter and subscribers can really ask them anything that they want. So um, seeing all different utilizations of that. Yeah, that's really interesting. So what kind of um, what kind of customers do you have for the uh, Edison Podcast Metrics product? So we have a lot of publisher size clients. When we first launched this in 2019, that was really the push was to provide our publishers to b- provide producers with information about the state of weekly podcast listeners, but then also what their listeners look like and what their competitors look competitors uh, listeners looked like. But then maybe we're coming up on a year, we started having conversations about the benefit of using this information uh, in in a sales sense. So our our publishers were using this information to help sell their shows, but now we're seeing it being used on the agency side. So back in January, I I think you covered this in Pod News, we signed an exclusive partnership with Nielsen to actually sell this to agencies. So this is starting to be in quite a few agencies' hands. They're using the rankers to really be able to look at what are the top shows among different demographics. Um, We also have in the US and eventually in the UK an efficiency ranker, which allows you to determine your target and find the shows that are most like the target that you're looking to seek. So if I'm trying to find a show with lots of women that have children, I can set that target and then it will tell me the shows that have the greatest makeup of women with children if I'm, you know, looking to sell diapers or, you know, some some other mm. sort of baby product. So, I, yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's another one of the big differences between the UK model and the US model in that um, the UK at least... Um, you know, part of the podcasts that are in those top 25, the BBC, mm-hmm. don't have any advertising on them in the UK. And so I guess, you know, it's a, it's a different conversation there where they will probably be interested in learning a little bit more about the types of people who they're reaching. Yes, absolutely. And that, and, and that is the case for all publishers that are here. Some people in the United States are really using it just to understand how is the awareness of their network changing over time? You know, how, how are they doing with different demographics, with different subgroups? If they're really, uh, if they've decided that they really want to push shows that are meeting a certain demographic, are these new shows actually getting them there? Is it changing the demographics of their network as they've added shows or, you know, brought in acquisitions and things like that. So yeah, that's that's definitely been a way that people have used this. Yeah, really interesting. Um, more details on that at edisonresearch.com. Um, we, we've seen the top 25. I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of wondering whether, is there anything else that this study has unveiled about podcast listening in the UK that you might be able to, to tell us? <laughs> Absolutely. So I'll give you I'll give you a couple of little things, James. So so one of the questions that we ask is, what is the service that people use most often to listen to podcasts? And uh, it's probably not a surprise that Spotify comes in at number one in the U.S. and both the U.K. Um, So 33 percent of people in the U.K. say that they're using Spotify the most often to listen to podcasts. Mm -hmm. That's followed by YouTube at 19 percent. And then BBC Sounds at 15%. So BBC Sounds coming in at number three there. Obviously, we don't have BBC Sounds on our chart. Um, and then Apple coming in fourth, third on the US chart and fourth on the UK chart here. Uh, Apple's 13% saying that they use that the most often. Then I will also give you, um, we were looking at the top shows among women. So the top five shows among women uh, change a little bit from the top in general. 
Uh-huh. So Rogan totally drops even outside of the top 15 among wow, women. Wow, really? Yeah. So that means that his number one position in the UK, it's almost entirely motivated by male listening. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the United States, Rogan is still number two among women. So that was pretty shocking for us to see that, to see it drop all the way down. But the mm-hmm. top five among women, Diary of a CEO, Shagged, Married, Annoyed, Off Menu with Ed Gamble and James Acaster, which are the three that are on the main list. But what hops up among women in the fourth and fifth place is Newlyweds, formerly called Nearlyweds. And then uh, number five is Happy Place. So certainly more female geared content in the fourth and fifth place there. That's really interesting. Really interesting. And how fascinating that Rogan uh, completely drops out of that out of mm-hmm. that uh, list. That's uh, fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. Excellent. It's always nice to have an exclusive. Uh, <laughs> so that's a great thing. Um, when do we get the next round of uh, data? And will you be releasing things like, you know, the, the publisher charts as well at some, at some point? So we just finished fielding, or actually, I guess we have a few more days in the field for quarter three. It takes us about a month to process the data. While we are able to code a lot of the open-ended question algorithmically, there is still a ton, especially since it's new in the UK, that we do need to do by hand. Uh, so we need to kind of go through and determine if if a show is is correctly listed and that if it is properly attributed to the producer and then the publisher, um, the network. So we will probably release the next one, I would say early November is is the goal to put that out. And we will definitely continue with the top 25 shows. We will probably add network at that point. Uh, Mm -hmm. At minimum, we will see top genres, which will be interesting to see too, how that tracks against the UK if we see true crime kind of falling down based on what we see in the ranker itself. Yeah, yeah, really, really fascinating. Well, Melissa, thank you so much um, for your uh, time. And, uh, you know, as a Brit, um, it is wonderful after so many failed attempts to get uh, a a proper ranker for podcasting. It's really nice to actually see one. Um, So uh, thank you for that. And um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to seeing how the figures change. Awesome. I appreciate it, James. We'll talk soon.